Two years ago, Champaign attorney Brett Kepley traded in billable hours and co-managing a law firm for a fixed salary to represent low-income folks who need help with civil problems. I'm Mary Shank, and this week on Legally Speaking, we'll hear about the important work of Land of Lincoln Legal Aid, where Kepley is one of eight attorneys in the Champaign office, serving clients in 14 counties in and around East Central Illinois. We'll be back after this. Hey, Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, reminding you that we have a ton of podcasts available at newsgazette.com every day of the week. From Dave Gentry's morning show to Scott Beatty's news hour to Brian Barnhart's Penny for Your Thoughts. Head to our website, newsgazette.com, and search for podcasts. My guest today is Brett Kepley, who's been a practicing attorney in Champaign County for 33 years. After 30 years or a little more in a preeminent law firm that bore his late father's name and then his own, Kepley has been a staff attorney for about two years at Land of Lincoln Legal. Brett, thanks for being my guest on Legally Speaking, and welcome. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Great. Well, let's start with the basics about uh, by telling me what is the Land of Lincoln Legal is it Legal Assistance Foundation, no, or has that uh, name changed? We recently changed the name. Um, in 1972, it was founded. It is a not-for-profit corporation, and it was called Land of Lincoln Legal Assistance Foundation, Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, the wisdom of the board of directors last year was to change that to make it more legal aidish. So now it is Land of Lincoln Legal Aid. Inc. Thank you. I'm I'm old and I get set <laughs> in my ways about things. Uh, okay, I know that's it caused great consternation in our office because then we have to change letterheads and and cards <laughs> and all that sort of uh, good stuff. But your mission remains the same. The mission is the same. It is a not for profit. It is founded, and its mission is to provide legal aid, assistance, counseling, representation to low-income individuals and to veterans and seniors. And it's been doing that uh, since 1972. And we are one of only three federally funded uh, such entities in the state of Illinois. The other one is Prairie State Legal. They serve northern Illinois uh, there's a second one that does Cook County only, Legal Aid Foundation, mm-hmm. and we do all of central and southern Illinois. We have five offices, uh, the one here in Champaign, one in Springfield, one in Alton. Yay, in, my hometown. All right, then. And then we follow with East St. Louis and finally Carbondale. Okay. Uh, I know Champaign office serves 14 counties, basically here in East Central Illinois, maybe a little Central Illinois. Yes. Okay. Um, do you keep tabs on, you probably do since you're federally funded, on the number of clients you help annually? Yeah, we do. Uh, and it's very uh, st- strenuous reporting requirements, uh, both to uh, the, the government that funds us, but we're also substantially funded by private uh, donors as well. The uh, number of the entire land of Lincoln did last year, I think, approached 12,000. Entire, you meant all yeah, five offices all, in Illinois? all five okay. offices, about 2,100 in the Champaign office. Okay. Give me some real live examples of the kinds of cases you help people with, and then we can get into what you don't do. Right. Um, primarily... Um, we do family law, 
uh, but it's only, which is divorce and mm-hmm. child custody, um, but the criteria is it has to have involved uh, domestic violence, because uh, oh. otherwise we would get completely overwhelmed by a million people wanting <laughs> to oh. get divorced all the time. Sure, so we sure. Limit it, we limit it to uh, domestic violence cases. Uh, we do about 25% of our client load is that. Oh Another 15% is order of protection uh, between uh, persons. Um, about 5% is representing clients who are getting their homes foreclosed by their mortgage companies. Another 3 to 5% is helping individuals obtain Social Security claims. Uh, and then there's about 10 or 12% that do debt relief, and that's my specialty, which is bankruptcy and debtor-creditor law. That was going to be one of my questions. You, is your staff still at 10 attorneys? In Champaign. In Champaign County. And that's actually, okay. there's eight of us in a Champaign office. We have a satellite office in Charleston, and that's two more. Okay. And then my question was going to be, do each of you have a bit of a niche specialty, or are you all expected to be general practitioners and handle anything that comes through the door? No, that would uh, drive us all insane. We are... <laughs> uh, as if as if the nature of the work in exactly. itself isn't it, challenging it's, enough. It's yes. enough to keep us uh, in practice to yeah uh it's it's niched um, okay. so to speak um some of us are cross trained if i had to fill in for somebody on a order of protection i could do it but that's because i i was in private practice and did litigation throughout much of my career sure um but a couple of us are going to be cross trained order protections uh, cross trained in dealing with uh, evictions for example uh, I am the only one in the Champaign office that can do bankruptcy because that is so profoundly oh. specialized. Um, although it's just really easy, anybody can do it. Uh, no, <laughs> the um, uh, and so we have to rely on uh, our cohorts in the other offices if we have some conflict or something. Um, so yeah, we're all specialized in it, and that is also a function of grant money. I said we're funded by the feds. That's about forty-eight percent. Of okay. Our funding comes from that. Seven percent comes from the state of Illinois, and the state of Illinois, unfortunately, <laughs> as blue a state as it is, it's pretty darn red <laughs> in terms of funding legal aid. It's near the bottom of the pack. Uh, the rest of the funding comes from private money, uh, donations. United Way, for example, is a big donor, um, and so uh, th- the grants that come down either through the federal government <clears throat> or from private donors uh are then generally assigned to um, a particular attorney so i got hired here because there was grant money that came from uh when the federal government fined the big five banks deutsche oh, yes. pnc etc for their consumer fraud <clears throat> they settled into billions of dollars that was then funneled through the various state attorney mm-hmm. general's office and thus has been trickled down to uh, 
to me now. So it, it's nice to see penalties going for something for something positive. And I and I have thought about sending a thank you bouquet <laughs> to Bank of America. I haven't <laughs> haven't done it quite yet. But Once you get a grant, yeah, you exactly. can maybe put a line item e- exactly. in for flowers. <laughs> so that's our that's why we are specialized, and uh, which is a good thing because then everybody can focus on and know very well uh, the law in their particular area. That is interesting. I I often say I have a recurring nightmare that I'd be required to cover a school board meeting. I mean, we <laughs> all, we have some or or, uh, po- or some other political thing. That yes, would, yes. Yeah. So I I can uh, appreciate your level of comfort doing bankruptcy, even though it's probably a well. Most of these issues are rather depressing and bleak, are they, they not? They are. It, it all is, but it's. Um, that's that's the nature of the beast. <clears throat> when you have low-income individuals, uh, the beauty of our existence is because you are poor, sh- you should not be denied legal representation. And uh, that is uh, the great thing about all legal aid organizations throughout the United States. I think there's something on the order of 136 legal aid organizations that are funded by the feds. And there may be well more than that funded by private money. What's your experience with the education level of your clients? I mean, a lot of times I think we see people in court and you automatically equate poor with not so bright, and that's often not the case. That's not the case. Um, And whether you're bright or not, I think, is not a function of how much education you have. Um, Well said. uh, I would actually say probably... Uh, most of my clients uh, dealing with debt issues, uh, the majority of them do not have college education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean not all. There, there, are, uh, there have been many who have, and particularly veterans, uh, who have received some uh, schooling oh, or training in their sure. service um, and or post-service matters. But I would say that the majority certainly are not college educated. Um, and that... that puts them behind the eight ball on trying to get ahead in life, at least financially. Yeah, and, you know, even today you hear this kind of shift, this pendulum swing that, you know, not everybody has to go to college because we have this lack of people in the trades. And You have to be trained in something. You have to, uh, it helps to be trained in something. It helps to be educated. Uh, No question about that, even if it's a general education because um, there's a lot of potential minds out there, and it, they can be more productive. And if they were so, uh, they might not get behind the so-called eight ball financially, uh, because when you have to live paycheck to paycheck, that's a trick. And you lose the job for a couple of weeks or a month or two months, and you got to s- live. The rent has to be paid. Food has to be bought. So you use the credit card. And then the credit card mm-hmm. buries you in enormous interest. Yes. And so you get, and so that's an example of getting behind the eight ball. Uh, some of the other uh, situations affecting low-income people is a uh, lack of medical insurance. Oh sure. You get some treatment on something, and there you are. Thousands of dollars are owed, and there's no way you're going to pay it, be able to pay it. Um, so that will cause a problem. And then there are those who can function as a couple and then they get divorced and then all of a sudden uh, neither one of them can solely handle the debt that they both had and so that's another another example <clears throat> but it's also an offshoot the, the problems with orders of protection 
is um, people who have come from broken families and that culture gets passed on and you have aggression and violence that gets expressed uh, unlawfully and and that's where we can also step in and really help um, uh, individuals who could not otherwise afford a lawyer for the very important thing. Um, back up a little bit. You mentioned um, like medical debt. Have you found yourself becoming an expert in applying for charity care at the local institutions? I yeah. Mean, we've just finished this, uh, you know, month-long tax exemption case, uh, you know, the argument of charity right. care versus yeah. for-profit. Um, actually, Carl has a program um, where they have um, people who recognize that Carl patients are having other legal problems <laughs> that might be related to their health care. And mm -hmm. so we're in partnership with them for them to uh, send those folks over to consult with us for whatever legal oh. matter it might be to help. And uh, that's a, a great benefit that Carl has has expressed. Now, I'll say this about Carl. Um, I was in and have been in, you know, collection cases for many years. And Carl used to be aggressive in collecting their bills, appearing uh -huh. in small claims court uh, <laughs> or small uh, civil cases, and that has eased off in recent years. So I don't know if that's a change of policy on their trying to um, uh, reflect a more charitable attitude. But certainly th uh, th they have also set up internally a program to help uh, patients cope with their, their bills, and that's a very positive thing, too. Education is, I mean, consumer-related education is such a big component of this. But do you find yourself doing that kind of preaching, or, or are they saving your, your good legal skills? I mean, I, presumably no. you have limited time for each client. Yeah, um, I do, but uh, these are things where I will point things out to clients so that uh, they do not have to rely on me. If there's an easier way to resolve something, let's do it that way. Sure. Another example, uh, financially speaking, another big example are student loans. Oh. There are bankruptcy. It is profoundly difficult to wipe out a student loan. Oh. But uh, a lot of the student loan programs will have their own administrative ability to do that. If you show, for example, you are disabled, your, your ability to generate future income may be permanently impaired. Okay. And uh, under the, you may qualify under a particular student loan program for them to permanently wipe out your debt and therefore don't have to go through bankruptcy to do that. So that's a benefit and that's something I educate uh, my clients on all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I just notice even in our paper we'll have the column from the extension advisors. There's all kinds of practical, common sense, money management There's that help too. out yes. there. Yes. Uh, by the time they've come through my door trying to resolve it, and I, and I do, I try to get them to resolve, if they can, on their own, uh, whatever their problems it, are, uh, but that's often difficult by the time they get to me. Sure. Uh, however, nevertheless, um, I try to educate them on how to avoid uh, the pitfalls in the future, uh, but a lot of the pitfalls, again, are uh, happenstance. Uh, they suffer an injury. They lose their job. Uh, they get divorced. Um, they're fully aware of what that can lead to, 
but it's not necessarily their fault that they got into a pickle. I know the stereotype on enormous credit card debt is just overspending, and there are people that do that. Mm-hmm. But that is a frac- that is a tiny fraction of the population of the kinds of cases that I see and have dealt with even when I was in private practice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, tell me the kinds of cases that Land of Lincoln does not do. Do not do any criminal representation. And that is because? Um, You'd never do anything else, no. That's right. Uh, because the federal grants we get have a caveat that uh, none of that money can be spent on representing criminal defendants. And what is the public policy behind that? We already have public defenders, both right. in the state and federal courts. Okay. So I think the, 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 the enactment by Congress that for this funding of legal aid, which, which started back in the 70s, uh, I think that was the policy decision made. Look, legal aid, we're going to help fund to create to help people with civil matters, not criminal matters. Well, that, it makes sense or it's understandable. Right. Um, and otherwise we would have no time for any civil matter because the criminal matters are just all over the place, just on traffic court alone. <laughs> Sure. So, now that, that doesn't so mean true. we don't represent people who have had difficulty in their lives that resulted in criminal records because one of the other big things we do is seal and expungement. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. And that is important. And that's designed and the policy reasoning behind that uh, as enacted by, uh, you know, the state of Illinois. Each state controls its own seal and expungement. The federal court has a system for itself, is to allow people to, to get rehabilitated in society, get a job. And Land of Lincoln has been instrumental in some of these local expungement seminars. Absolutely. They? Is it all hands on deck? Nobody, you can't really say to the boss, ah, I don't want to help with that event. Well, not, not, no, no, no. Everybody who participates is a, is a volunteer on the, uh, uh, the weekend events that have, for example, been organized by the local uh, circuit clerk, mm-hmm. uh, but we have an attorney who in our office who is dedicated to dealing with seal and expungement oh, all the okay. time, okay. and she has a superb assistant uh, who's not a lawyer, but she is, boy, she is fantastic and is smart enough to be a lawyer to do that kind of well, stuff. Well, it's just 90% of it is knowing the right paperwork to file and file following the deadlines and crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Absolutely it? right. The other thing that we can do to help, uh, for example, with traffic clients is when they get their licenses uh, revoked because of un- non-payment of mm-hmm. fines or the particular penalty like a driving under influence of alcohol or drugs, um, it's a civil issue between them and the Secretary of State, not a criminal one. So if the Secretary of State mm-hmm. yanks their license, that's a civil matter, and I, I can assist clients in doing that because of my experience in private practice, I used to deal with that a lot, too. So that's another matter where we can at least counsel them on, even if we can't get anything immediately done for them. I know, um, like with any agency that relies on donations and limited federal and state funding, you have to, you know, screen your clients and put your resources where they can best be used. Are there a lot of hoops that your potential clients have to jump through? Here's a for instance. I know when I called to say, Gee, I'd like Brett to be on my show. I had to go through what I call the voicemail hell to, you know, 
just well, to that, get that to a my, human being. That was my personal system. <laughs> that was set up to protect me, particularly from probative uh, News Gazette uh, reporters. No, no uh, I'm kidding. But yes, uh, yes. What has to happen is they have to go through an interview okay. to see if they financially qualify for our services. And that's, yeah, step one. That's step one. Okay. And uh, if they do, and we have different uh, levels of financial qualification depending upon the particular circumstance. Are they a veteran? Are they a senior? Mm-hmm. Does it involve a house? Um, does it involve some medical issue? So those are the different levels, and they must go through the interview. But it's it's once the interview is done, we can immediately assess whether they qualify or not. And if they do, then the, that person gets assigned to somebody in our office. Okay. And then it just rolls from there. How it much rolls time you you as the attorney decide that you need to devote to a particular case? Exactly. Client. As soon as I get an assignment um, or am notified of an assignment, then I'll take the step to contact the the client and see what's what. I'm assuming um that none of your staff is is going to get wealthy uh being uh <laughs> being a land of lincoln attorney um am, am i right there i mean i assume you make a decent living it's a is it a salary schedule as opposed to a billable hour no it is salaried um are we paid better than school teachers we probably are <laughs> are we paid as well as uh, any four-star private <laughs> uh, attorney probably not on the other hand we don't have to worry about overhead I don't have to worry about whether I give a Christmas bonus to my secretary now. I don't have to worry about right. how much the malpractice uh, costs. Uh, we have administrators that work hard and diligently to keep costs down. But it is a lifestyle change. I will say, having moved from private practice to where I was one of the bosses, and now I'm, I'm one, of the, uh, one of the workers. And uh, uh, But there's... Some good things to say about that. I was going to say, did you just kind <laughs> of uh, exchange one set of stresses for, for, another? for another? Yeah. I remember yeah. Uh, telling my mother, I think I want to be a social worker. And she's like, oh, you don't want to take on the problems of other people. And I'm like, oh, you're right, Mom. I don't want to do that. And here I am writing about the problems of other people. So yeah. uh, we all have a bit of social worker in us. Um, I think so. Uh, maybe I, I would have been a doctor, except that you have to deal with sick people all the time. <laughs> so that's why I, I opted to be a lawyer instead. And um, so, I mean, are most of your colleagues uh, pretty passionate, empathetic let me, let me people? Say th- let me say this about that. Having been in private <laughs> practice... Um, having been plugged into the network of Champaign County for three decades and having been a partner with mm-hmm. uh, lawyers who I regard as second to none in talent, skill, uh, and ethics, um, I think I'm a judge of, of what's good and what's not good in people in the legal profession. And I will say this about Landon Lincoln. It is a superbly run organization administratively from top to bottom and the talent of the both the lawyers and the support staff is second to none and the the dedication and the passion is just phenomenal that is so nice to hear i you know i i can't help but think you have a higher moral purpose <laughs> yeah yeah it's not that my morals are are any higher or lower i, I have difficulty spelling the word but 
there's something there, and there's something very rewarding now to represent a bankruptcy client, and I don't have to worry about squeezing out the fee out of them uh, that they can barely afford <laughs> in private practice. Yeah. Uh, I can just go right at it and not worry about how much time is spent on the case. I think you just answered my next question about great job satisfaction. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and it's, it's quite rewarding. Um, I'm a big fan of your Sunday Q&A column where you take on a uh, legal topic and try and answer it in layman's terms, and you always pepper in some of your cynicism and sarcasm and wit, and it makes me laugh out loud. So whether I find any interest in the topic itself, I'm always reading to the end to see what what you're going to throw in. (laughs) I I, uh, plagiarize from only the best sources. (laughs) There you go again. Yeah. Um, how do you pick your topics? Are these representative of what some of the clients at Land Lincoln come through the door with? No, I have a massive flow chart on the wall, <laughs> and I throw a dart at it, and it picks the topic of the day. You know, uh, when I started this, I picked it up from my cohort, John Roska. Who also was quite good at this. Absolutely. <laughs> he did it for 20 years. Oh, my gosh. Every week, without miss. And I don't know if if you as a newspaper reporter were allowed a vacation, but... Every week, 20 mm-hmm. years, a legal topic that has to be discussed, disseminated, and done in 500 words or less uh, is quite a challenge. So when I started this, I got to thinking, what am I going to talk about this week? And, and uh, I've, I've carried that. But, but what I fell into is this. Uh, if I think seasonally and keep my eye on the headlines, what's topical? And so now I've really gotten into What's topical? Good point. Good point. And, Um, boy, I'll tell you, the last two years from Washington, D.C., I've had no shortage of topics to talk about. But um, I go the the full gambit from, you know, dog leash law to Presidential War Powers Act. And I, like I said, I enjoy them all. It's the same kind of panic I feel when it's uh, my week to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I I like to have people on here who aren't on Penny for Your Thoughts every other week or, you know, whose names folks don't recognize but play what I call this critical role in the whole justice system. Um, It it is, and it's very difficult to, because I'm not writing to lawyers. Uh, That's the last group I want to write to. I'm trying to write to just the average, ordinary, non-lawyer person Mm -hmm. and try to get them to think, not, not just to educate them on some obscure topic of the law but to discuss why do we have that law because every law has a public policy behind it and it is a trick to do it and to do it in a way uh and i try to pepper it with with um some humor if i can because if i'm falling asleep halfway through writing the article (laughs) that article is not going to be written that way yes i know that feeling (laughs) And it's it's hard when you're dealing with the law to and be humorous. On the other hand, you can write Are. 750 words and then just let your editor pare it down, mm-hmm. right, to, uh, to whatever. Yeah, he doesn't care for that, uh, yeah, okay. that assignment. Um, well, I, I want to kind of wrap this up. Tell folks where your office is. Okay, that's why I brought my uh, floating uh, flow chart here. Our office is 302 North 1st Street. Uh, it's just up the block from the police station <laughs> and the cattle bank. Um, Not necessarily chosen for that. No. Uh, it's a, actually a new building. It was built 10 years ago, and we just paid off the mortgage. We had a mortgage burning <gasps> ceremony. 
And it is a really nice building. It I is, have been in that building a time or two. It is nice. Yes. Um, the uh, But here's the two numbers are the hotline numbers okay. for a person who uh, needs to see whether they qualify for land of Lincoln service. Uh, one, uh, they're both toll-free. 877-342-7891. That's the general referral center. We have another number that's for consumer rights, uh, debt collection homeowners, um, if they want to call this one, which is 855-601-9474. Okay. Well, um, I think you've answered all my questions. Anything else you want to throw out about how, uh, how great Land of Lincoln is? Um, no, I think it is, uh, superb. I'll just leave it at that. I, I should ask one more. Why did you make the jump from private practice to part of it, public service? All of it is timing. Uh, one of my partners was about to retire. The other, uh, partner is, he's not retiring, but he's going, he's got to sooner or later, mm -hmm. I thought. And then this, uh, Landon Lincoln was lo looking for a bankruptcy specialist. About a third of my practice at that time was bankruptcy. And I thought, you know, this would be a cool way to end my career, whether it's one day or 20 years, specializing just in this one thing and doing it for people that really, really need that kind of assistance. So I made the jump. Well, and you've been happy? And I've been very happy. Well, Not that I wasn't happy where I was at. That was, a, that was tough to leave those guys. That really was. Huh. Uh, if this opportunity had not popped up, I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't make any move. Different kind of happy. Yeah. Well, on behalf of your clients and the public at large, thank you for what you do, and thank you for being my guest on Legally Speaking. Thank you.